Why permit injustice and suffering to thrive on earth? Why aren't God's interventions ordinaries rather than miracles? One last caution. By no means am I presenting a balanced view of the Christian faith. I am, after all, writing for people who have, at one time or another, heard the silence of God. Studying someone like Job as an example of faith is a little like studying the history of civilization by examining only the wars. On the other hand, there are many Christian books that leave out any mention of the wars and promise nothing but victory. This is a book about faith, but it looks at faith through the eyes of those who doubt. Disappointment with God Awake, O Lord, why do you sleep? Rouse yourself, do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? Psalm 44 23 and 24. Book 1. God Within the Shadows. You do not have to sit outside in the dark. If, however, you want to look at the stars, you will find that darkness is required. Their stars neither require it nor demand it. Annie Dillard. Part 1. Hearing the Silence. CHAPTER One, A FATAL ERROR Ever since my book, Where is God When It Hurts, was published, I have received letters from people disappointed with God. A young mother wrote that her joy had turned to bitterness and grief when she delivered a daughter with spina bifida, a birth defect that leaves the spinal cord exposed. In page after page of tiny spidery script, she recounted how medical bills had soaked up the family savings, and how her marriage had cracked apart, as her husband came to resent all the time she devoted to their sick child. As her life crumbled around her, she was beginning to doubt what she had once believed about a loving God. Did I have any advice? A homosexual spilled out his story, gradually, in a succession of letters. For more than a decade he had sought a cure for his sexual orientation, trying charismatic healing services, Christian support groups, and chemical treatment. He even underwent a form of aversion therapy in which psychologists applied electrical shocks to his genitals when he responded to erotic photos of men. Nothing worked. Finally, he surrendered to a life of gay promiscuity. He still writes me occasionally. He insists that he wants to follow God, but feels disqualified because of his peculiar curse. A young woman wrote with some embarrassment about her ongoing depression. She has no reason to be depressed, she said. She's healthy, earns a good salary, and has a stable family background. Yet most days when she wakes up, she cannot think of a single reason to go on living. She no longer cares about life or God, and when she prays, she wonders if anyone is really listening. These and other letters I have received over the years all lead up to the same basic question, phrased in different ways. It goes something like this. Your book is about physical pain, but what about pain like mine? Where is God when I hurt emotionally? What does the Bible say about that? I answer the letters as best I can, sadly conscious of the inadequacy of words on paper. Can a word any word ever heal a wound? 
and I must confess that after reading these anguished accounts, I ask the very same questions. Where is God in our emotional pain? Why does He so often disappoint us? Disappointment with God does not come only in dramatic circumstances. For me, it also edges unexpectedly into the mundaneness of everyday life. I remember one night, last winter, a cold, raw Chicago night. The wind was howling, and sleet slanted out of the skies, coating the streets with darkly shining ice. That night, my car stalled in a rather ominous neighborhood. As I raised the hood and hunched over the engine, the sleet stinging my back like tiny pebbles, I prayed, over and over, please, help me get this car started. No amount of fiddling with wires and tubes and cables would start the car, so I spent the next hour in a dilapidated diner waiting for a tow truck. Sitting